You're listening to the Bill Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. Even though Midco's live coverage of UND hockey is now in the books for this season, we'll still be following Bradbury and company until the postseason ends. Be sure to watch both of our weekly UND hockey shows, Through These Doors on Thursday night at 8 p.m. and North Dakota Hockey Central on Fridays at 6.30 p.m. to keep up as UND goes for a ninth national title this spring. That is how we do sports, and this is the Bill Shaves Podcast. Yes, welcome to another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. We are taping this on a Tuesday morning, March the 15th, the Ides of March, Bill. Here we go, and it, it, things are heating up. You're, you're talking about a time of year where a lot is going on in the world of college athletics, and we're excited to have teams still playing and excitement building and conference tournaments and lots of great stuff to talk about today as we jump into the show. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I know uh, you and I will see each other in St. Paul this week, uh, so uh, uh, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, first time we're back there in a, in a little while, and so uh, you know what it does, Alex? It does uh, give you pause to really kind of think back and uh, appreciate what you have sometimes, and uh, times you know, you, you know, who would have ever thought that you know it would have been you know years later. Uh, in, in regards to to us, you know, playing in St. Paul, because it, it's been it's been a little while. 2018 was the last time it happened. And obviously some of that is because one of the tournaments was canceled because of the pandemic. Last year's tournament, UND hosted. But it has been a little while. And it's, it's amazing to think that no one on this North Dakota hockey roster has ever played at the Excel Energy Center in a frozen face off like and. And we've got some guys that have been around for a while and have been around the block a couple times. And this team has been hugely successful. It is wild to think that it has been that long. But it, it makes it all the more exciting. St. Patrick's Day weekends, people flocking from all over the place to enjoy what is really is one of the best hockey weekends of the year. It is. I, You know, and the way, of course, hockey does it, uh, you know, different than any other sports, you know what's occurring the following weekend for a number of schools including these four and yeah. so that's that's just a different layer in in some ways that it's um it'll be fascinating how that goes right like you you you, you just know that uh, you know all four of these teams coming in there's a there's a there's a longer arc here than just this weekend as well and so it'll be awesome hockey right because you've got you know four top 10 teams uh you know descending on one spot and so anytime that happens it's going to be it's going to make for a great great couple of days but you know just just interesting how the approaches to some degree will will occur because again i think uh all four of these teams albeit would love to to be the champion of the nchc who wouldn't be uh you know want to do that certainly there's going to be a, a, a also a bigger picture that all of these teams have to kind of think through yeah i talked to brad Berry about that uh just today actually just the conversation of this isn't a do or die situation for your group like you know you're going to be a, a two seed at worst no matter what happens this weekend in the ncaa tournament Every other team is in the same boat. We know that Western, we know that Denver, we know that Minnesota Duluth, they're all in the tournament. They're all going to be at worst a three seed at this point. But at the same time, you're still going there to win two games. Like that's still the goal is to go down there and raise a trophy at the end. And for North Dakota, you're the defending tournament champions. And they won it, of course, last year, but they've also never won it at the X. They've never won it in the Twin Cities. So there's a little, there's still a little something to play for there. And again, if you're going to play, 
right? You might as well win. I think that's that's always been the mantra. If we're going to lace them up, let's let's go win the games. Yeah, and I don't want to jump, you know, uh, so I guess we're mixing metaphors here. So jumping to the B side for a second, it's almost a little bit soccer tournament-ish uh, in a sense where you have teams that could be in like, let's just call it the FA Cup, playing each other. And maybe it's a little bit more open than it normally would be. Or, uh, you know, it's hard to say how this one will go, um, given the fact that exactly what you said, it seems like everyone sort of kind of knows maybe there's a jockeying on a seed line, so to speak, that that may occur. But at the end of the day, everyone knows um, they're they're trying to get uh, prepped for the following weekend in figuring out the regional piece as well, which, by the way, interestingly, um, the bracket shows at six o'clock central this year, which makes it really a little challenging if you're playing that thursday game that means you're going to leave on a tuesday you're almost in a little bit of first four situation on the basketball side where you're gonna have to flip your travel uh, arrangements pretty darn quick after that bracket show yeah unfortunately north dakota not hosting a regional this year so it won't be an easy trip 75 miles down the road to fargo or, or 300 down to sioux falls like we've had in the past it'll be loveland or albany or allen sound or worcester i believe right or our four it is year. it is yeah uh, for sure and uh you know if again what do i know i don't know anything i, I i'm a if i'm a if i was to to roll the dice, I would say probably either Loveland or Allentown would make sense. I, I just think that the connectivity between Albany and Worcester in a lot of those schools in that area, I, mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see whether you get slotted there. But then again, it's all going to be based on the seeds, right? So at the end of the yeah. day, we'll see what happens. That's one of the unique things about the selection committee and, and the fact that you are not completely tied to the pairwise, but essentially you take out a little bit of the opinion of it when you can say, okay, one's playing 16, two's playing 15, and you can sort of work it that way. There are obviously some moves, though, that happen because you want to put a team in an area where fans can come and attend. And attendance is a big thing, you know, with the NCAA tournament uh, at this level. So I don't envy the selection committee as they try and figure out, especially this year, too, because you've got essentially three Eastern sites, but there might be as many as 10 or 11 Western teams maybe 12, depending on what happens in the CCHA tournament. It's going to be pretty heavy West in terms of the participants. And a lot of them are going to go in across the country. And it's almost likely that the 16th seed is going to be coming from the East. So you're, you're pulling one of the few Eastern schools out to bring them someplace West. Probably there's a lot of different factors coming into this and, It'll, it'll be fun to see it play out. West, and it could end up being, I'll call it Allentown, right? Sure. Like, you know, so you might, yeah. so however that plays itself out. But, you know, the, the committee, you're correct. I mean, I think they go in like, uh, you know, many of the NCA uh, brackets with, with various principles, and they just adhere to them. We should talk a bit about how North Dakota made it to the frozen face-off this weekend after finishing out the home portion of their season at the Ralph, uh, a, a pair of almost identical 2-1 victories over Colorado College. All the scoring happening in the second period on both nights. Same cadence, too. UND scores first. CC answers right back. UND gets the game winner in the second, and then they take care of business in the third. Saturday's game got tight, of course, at the end. There was a five-minute major call. The Tigers are fighting for their season. They throw everything at Zach Driscoll in a six-on-four situation for the last roughly three minutes of the game. It was exciting hockey, and it was a couple of big wins for UND to not have to go to Game 3, especially because nobody else in the league went to a Game 3, Bill. 
Yeah, I thought I thought Colorado College played uh, exactly the way they needed to play sort of a road game, um, really tight as far as not giving up much. And, uh, you know, they played they played exactly to, I think, their apex and uh, and they gave us everything we could handle and uh, thought they did, you know, an outstanding job. Our guys were resilient, though, to at least, uh, you know, never fall behind, which I think it felt like if you fell behind, it felt like it was going to be a larger deficit than just the normal one goal, the way the games were being played. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it, it was tight playoff hockey. Both teams just not given an inch, not a lot of time and space, not a lot of great offensive chances. And that's that's kind of what we expect this time of year, even from a team like CC that was below 500, still playoff hockey. And, and these are still good players, you know, in, in the best league in the country. And it was I don't know, it was a real testament, I thought, to UND's heart and desire where they had eight, nine guys fighting the flu bug and Connor Ford not able to play on Friday. And just even though this team was, quote unquote, healthy again, like they had pretty much everybody back in the lineup. They weren't healthy this weekend, and they still were able to gut out a couple of wins over a team that was fighting to keep their season alive. Yeah, I, I think the other thing, Alex, is um, the way our team has performed regardless of the lineup. Um, it still has to be interesting when you insert guys that are going to log big minutes and it kind of shuffles some things and there was a normalcy maybe the last month or so and then you're gonna of course put guys in that are uh you know uh, you know in, in some cases some of the best guys in the country at what they do so uh, but it's still probably something that you almost have to work through a little bit you know yeah i i mean i know there was a little bit of a flu bug kind of uh, going through the team a little bit but i i, I would say it was more cc induced uh, i thought they played a really really um really good series and uh they gave us everything we could handle truly and uh but now you kind of turn the page, right? You flip it and, uh, and now you're onto this week and, um, you know, whole other set of challenges that we'll be facing this week. But I know our guys will be excited to be in St. Paul. Yeah, 100%. And their fan base as well. And it, the weekend starts with the awards ceremony uh, for the NCHC on Thursday nights. Denver will play Minnesota Duluth at 4 o'clock in the matinee, and then North Dakota gets Western Michigan in primetime at 7.30. If UND wins that game, they'll move on to the title game 7.30 on Saturday. It's going to be a great weekend. There's a Minnesota Wild game mixed in. It'll be Wild Blackhawks at 1 o'clock on Saturday as well. There are a ton of Fan Fest events going on, too. For more information, just go check out the NCHC's website for full details. It's going to be a beautiful weather weekend as well. Temps in the high 40s, low 50s in St. Paul. Again, no excuse not to get out and to enjoy a really special event with, as you said, a collection of the best teams in the nation for the top eight. Pretty impressive stuff. For sure. I mean, you could go to the Frozen Four and truly not get a similar type of, uh, you know, a group of four schools uh, competing. Okay. So it should be really, really exciting. And uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, our guys will be uh, jazzed up. Uh, our fan base, uh, I'm sure, is excited about it. And, uh, you know, throw in St. Patrick's Day on Thursday. And, you know, you just uh, <laughs> it, it, you just put it all together and uh, it should be one heck of a weekend. And, you know, I, I will say this is the first first year uh 
will go without uh, down down in St. Paul uh, without that third place game. And so with the Wild playing uh, on the afternoon on Saturday, and I know that was kind of debated and uh, discussed to some degree, but that probably cuts both ways, right? Like it, it can help you, it can hurt you, depending on the situation each year. Yeah, I think, you know, just talking to, to coaches in the league, I think everybody kind of had the sense that this is a game that, that doesn't necessarily, like, like you said, in some situations, you could beat a team that's above you in the pairwise if you're on the bubble, and this can help you move on to the NCAAs. But given the strength of this league and where teams are at, and and you know a lot of the teams that will be playing there will, will likely be set for the NCAAs more often than not. Maybe there'll be one that, that upsets someone in the first round. But there's almost, the downside almost seemed like it was greater, where you could get someone hurt. It's a game that in recent years has not always been all that competitive or your teams. I mean, there was a couple of years ago, North Dakota played Denver in the third place game. Both were in the NCAA tournament. It was a one, one tie and they just ended the game as a tie. Cause nobody wanted to keep playing when you know, you've got the NCAAs in one week's time. You don't want to risk getting someone banged up for essentially nothing, not, not even a participation trophy. It, it just doesn't really matter at that point. So I think that was, that was maybe the first indicator that, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. And nobody else really does. I can't think of another league that has a third place game anymore. Yeah, the is there one, one Bill? I don't think, I don't think so. I, I don't think anybody in the country does it. And there are still, I think, Hockey East being one, right? They're still doing single elimination now, too. Correct. So yeah, They still come together at the Garden for the semis and the final. Yep, yep. yep. But no third place game. Though. But no third place game. But even prior rounds are just single elimination at this point. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'd say when, uh, when the new commissioner comes in, I think there's, you know, always room for the conversation about is what we're doing today, you know, is what we should be doing. And I think that has to do with then scheduling. And then you're going to have to go backwards and say, well, if that's what we're doing in the postseason, what are we doing in the regular season? And so I think those are all fair conversations to have, no doubt about it. And, you know, timing of the tournament too, right? Like, uh, you know, now with this turnaround, which is pretty quick, pretty quick. I mean, you know, if you're Western or Denver, and you're playing on that in that game um, on Saturday night. You're going to have to take a uh, a flight back, and then you might be turning right back around on Tuesday, flying to wherever you are. Now, of course, Denver won't because they're going to be in Loveland. But at the end of the day, Western. I mean, who knows, right? I yeah. I guess maybe they drive to Allentown. Maybe not. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I bet. Logistically, it's tricky. It is tricky. Um, but yeah, things to consider. Well, logistically, too, uh, and I'm reading a little bit on the fact that, of course, this week is a little bit different because the basketballs, there's so many schools going, but they're having charter issues again uh, and in a sense of oh. not necessarily getting the flights, but even the pilots to end oh. up being able to fly the planes. And so there's there's that going on, too. We believe if North Dakota wins this tournament, they'll probably be a one seed. And then you're kind of in a different situation as a top seed versus a two seed where you might be in the same region as Denver. The one thing we do know is you won't be playing another NCHC school in the first round. That's the one nice thing about this that's a guarantee. They don't match you up with the conference opponent in the opening round. Doesn't mean you might not get paired up with somebody in the Elite Eight. Yeah, and, and someone else is probably doing this uh, statistics, and it's fine, but correct. I think we probably could get to a one line. I don't know. Denver probably could get to a two line 
So, so truly we could potentially be the top seed in Loveland, right? And you're just flipping. I think it, I think it's a relative term if we're both ones or we're both twos, but I don't even, well, I don't know. Who knows? I think it comes down to Minnesota, Michigan, I think makes a difference as well. I think if, so if there's a scenario there, if Denver loses to Minnesota Duluth, North Dakota wins the tournament, but Minnesota loses to Michigan or, or vice versa. I can't even remember how the pairwise works right now, but one of those big 10 schools would drop to the two line, and then you could have two NCH. It, there are so many different <laughs> permutations of this. Just watch the selection show. Enjoy the hockey this weekend. Don't worry about all the extra stuff. A ton of great games going on around the country, and then see where UND lands come Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. Uh, um, a couple quick things as well around the rest of UND athletics. We just come off, speaking of tournaments, uh, North Dakota participating in the Summit League Basketball Tournament this last week. Uh, tough loss for the women. Again, capping off a really good season for Mallory Bernhardt and company. It was just fun to see them back in the tournament again, to experience that for this young group. Uh, that's going to help them moving forward, even though they didn't make it out of the quarterfinal stage. Yeah, you know, Alex, obviously, um, you know, you want to do some uh, damage down in the tournament and uh, unfortunately didn't find a way to, to to win that game. Really struggled shooting. Really, both teams struggled to shoot. Um, I thought the defense was, was pretty good on both ends. I thought that, um, interestingly, it probably was a tale of two types of games in the regular season, but I think both, both teams kind of knew what the other team obviously is going to do. It's what happens in conferences, right? But at the end of the day, I thought uh, really did a pretty good job defending each other. And uh, we had to hit some shots. I mean, we just didn't, uh, you know, turnovers were a little bit of a bugaboo for us. I think we had like eight or nine more than them and ultimately just didn't shoot it well from three. And uh, I think at one stage of the game, we might've been like one for 12 or two for 13 mm-hmm. or something like that. And that's just not going to get it done in a tournament, uh, you know, scenario. Now, you know, I, I think, you know, many, many of uh, our, our um, players are going to be back next year. So good experience for them, for sure. Yeah, there was a moment there in that fourth quarter. North Dakota takes the lead. You know, it feels like with about half, maybe six minutes left or so, there was a good push out of half and they got the advantage in the fourth quarter. And then, like you said, they just went cold. And that's a building sometimes that whether it's the nerves of the tournament or the more expansive arena, obviously it's a 12,000 seat facility if those things play a factor, but it does feel like teams just don't shoot great at the premier center. And that's what ended up costing North Dakota in the end. Yeah. You know, and so the one thing you do get with an, uh, both genders at the same location is the inability for you to uh, have shoot arounds and, and, and practices within the main arena. And so that might have a little bit to do with it to some degree, but I agree with you. Um, I think there's probably a couple things happening there, different environment. You usually don't get that environment too, too much. And let's face it, the heat's turned up. <laughs> I mean, uh, the heat's no. turned up. I mean, I sometimes, right. You're playing a game on, on a Thursday night in January you know, that might be a little bit different than when all eyes are on you and the whole conference is staring at you. And you know what? Sometimes defense tends to to show up. More often than not. I mean, we see that in that tournament all the time. That was the case in the championship game between South Dakota, South Dakota State. It was just a defensive struggle that South Dakota ended up coming out on top. In. And uh, best of luck to the Yotes, by the way. They're a 10 seed. Uh, and they'll be going down to Waco uh, to play Old Miss, I believe, in the first round. I think you're right. What their matchup is. Yep. So uh, good to see the Summit League represent there. No two bid this season. I think South Dakota State was one of the first four out 
unfortunately, for the Jackrabbits. But that's that's the way it goes sometimes. Obviously, if it was flipped, I think USD makes it. I agree. That, I, 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 like. I think that's what it would have been. And, you know, you yeah, they were just on the bubble. And we've got a few teams uh, on the ladies' side and the WNIT. Kansas City's the other one as well. Yeah, so that's that's neat to see again the league at least getting some respect in that sense. And they had been we've been a two bid league at times over the last couple of years, so it almost felt like maybe a blow that they didn't get a second team in this time around. But just another example again, the fact that South Dakota is gonna be right there in the ten seven matchup and have a great chance to advance again to carry the banner for the league. You want that same thing with South Dakota State. Everybody loves South Dakota State on the men's side, taking on Providence in the twelfth or the thirteen four. That, that's like the big buzz upset for the first round. We'll see whether or not it happens, but it's neat to see again, just like we saw with Oral Roberts on the men's side last year. Anytime you get a team from your league, do good things, even if it's not your school. That's a big positive just to build the brand of what the Summit League is moving forward. Yeah, I thought that, you know, given where they are uh, with their program, they did a, a really good job scheduling the non-conference at the beginning of the year. And so they've uh, certainly uh, played some uh some high-end teams, some tournament teams already. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I, I haven't watched Providence too, too much. I know they've had a pretty good year, so uh, it'll be it'll it'll be a tough one, no doubt about it. I mean, the Big East school that um, um, I what, what little I could tell played pretty pretty good defense, and so uh, it's almost kind of like a high-powered offense. I think against more of a defensive-oriented team, so it'd be it'd be interesting. Yeah, good battle of different skill sets coming up uh, on True TV. <laughs> I think this Thursday, early, I think 1130, I think is when the Jacks play uh, the Friars. So that'll be fun. March Madness. Are you, by the way, quick, quick tangent, are you a bracket guy? I feel like I ask you this every year. Do you follow the bracket, Bill? You know, um, so I have not done a bracket in 20 years. Hmm. Somewhere in that range. I don't even know. I, I What's it, 22 right now? Oh, God, it was even before that. I might have done. The last one was in the 90s. So oh, wow. if you remember Rick Neuheisel getting uh, in trouble for the brackets, um, I don't know when that was. It seems like a long time ago. It probably was. Um, I think I just stopped at that point in time. And uh, knowing you know that we're, we're kind of in the business and um, – I don't know. This day and age with social media and everything else that's out there, I, I, it's just not worth it. I mean, in the position that I, I, the chair that I sit, it's just not worth doing. Yeah. We, we, uh, we always do one for fun in our family, like just, just for bragging rights. And it's always, it, it makes things more interesting sometimes. Like, again, we, we're not a family that ever does anything gambling related it's always just for the the internal family pride that goes along with this and it makes easter dinner conversations fun when you've got different people it's always the random people that win these things anyway it's like you know it's your aunts that doesn't follow basketball at all or it's your four-year-old niece that just goes by what the mascots are and things like that so just a little thing that's fun but you probably are right given especially what we just saw with Calvin Ridley being suspended for a year for something that seemed pretty innocuous and like all the different stuff that goes along with this, probably just best to step away or for sure, if, or if you do it, just do it for fun, not to do anything monetary with it. Well, and, and the other thing is, Alex, you know, obviously we, uh, you know, we mention it to our student athletes all the time, right? From a, uh, from a, you know, a, a wagering standpoint, not to, it, it's, it, it's uh, prohibited. Ultimately, you don't want to risk your eligibility. Uh, in, in, in Ridley's case, that's exactly in some ways what, what transpired. And 
I don't know. I just figure, you know, eventually uh, when I'm retired at some stage of the game, if it floats my boat, I'll do it again at some stage of the game. I'll circle back and do it to some degree. But right now in this moment, yeah, you know what? I, I we've got we've got more fish to fry, so to speak. When it when you've got your own teams playing and you're trying to get them better and trying to figure out how to how to how to work with them. And I, I you know I've talked to both Paul and Mal at length uh, the last week or so. I think it's a it's literally a daily conversation about you know where we're headed and what we're doing and those types of things. And so uh, we've got our hands full at this point in time. I wish, you know, folks well, that's representing the conference, but you know, and I'll, if it, if it works, I'll watch their game for sure. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I kind of worry about what's in front of me. Yeah. There's enough stuff going on uh, in Grand Forks to stay focused on uh, one more basketball question for you. And that's, and you mentioned the conversations with Paul and with Mal, it does almost feel like this week, these, you know, this, this month after the season ends, it's almost the most critical time in the season. You're trying to retain kids that are considering going to the transfer portal. You're trying to finish up recruiting. You're recruiting, you know, juniors, people out for the future as they wrap up their high school state tournaments. Have you noticed just those conversations with coaches? How much has that changed over the years from what it used to be even, you know, four five, six years ago to what those conversations are now after the season wraps up? Yeah, so I think Coach Barry has probably always dealt with this, um, not knowing what's going to transpire with a lot of our guys that have eligibility coming back but might want to go on and – you know, start their professional career. So I think he's always had to balance this to some degree. So he's uh, he's always been in that case. But I think it's really the sports for us, the football and the two basketballs now, with the portal being so prevalent, you know, many of our other sports have had to do this to some degree. Uh, and so we've had some, um, you know, experience in that regard. But the basketballs for sure feels like the pendulum swings out and then it swings in. And so right now we're in out mode and then and everyone is, not just us, yeah. everyone. When season ends, this is what happens. And then you try to figure out what your roster and you start piecing it together. And so you try to have, you know, conversations uh, as, as soon as the season ends to, to try to get a, a, a gauge on whether or not someone is, uh, you know, potentially looking to move on. And if that's the case, you know, sometimes, you know, it could be a surprise. Sometimes it's not a surprise. And so it, it's, it's, and it's everything in between. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's just kind of where we are. And so I just uh, continually, so between the roster construction and then you're having scheduling conversation as well. And so those are the things that you're trying to, you know, figure out so that knowing where your program is at that point in time, you're trying to, again, as best as you can within your budgetary model, set them up for success from a scheduling standpoint. Yeah. Isn't that something? Would you say your conversations are more frequent in the off season? with your coach just in general with your coaches versus when they're in the season. Oh, for sure. Like, um, so I have, I think we, you know, I, so, so football, the two basketballs and hockey report to me and we have a rhythm, you know, my, our, our, you know, I'm a very, I'm an early morning. So our, our coaches are very early morning folks early in the week is kind of the deal. And, um, and then I just let 
the week kind of play itself out, so to speak, because hoops is Thursday, Saturday, you know, football on Saturday, and then hockey Friday, Saturday. Once it gets to about Thursday or so, if they're hearing from me, it's because I really need to talk to them about something. But generally speaking, we're just letting that happen. And then we hit a reset again the following week. But once the season ends, I am literally, literally on the phone every single day with, uh, at this point in time, Paul and Mal, um, you know, mm. just trying to get an understanding of potentially where we are, how we can help, you know, some of those types of things. And, you know, and I've had conversations with, uh, with Jody as well, trying to figure out, you know, what, what are some, some off season projects that we could be, you know, looking at to some degree, both in the Ralph and in the Betty. And so with that being the case, it's always good to keep uh, our coaches updated in that regard. So anyways, all that to be said, um, yeah, it, 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 it can get a, it's, it's a different rhythm. How about that? <laughs> That's well said. I think it's fun. I, I think people enjoy this podcast for some of those conversations, like just to peek behind the curtain a little bit and see what it is like in your world and for these coaches and what you are talking about, you know, when the whistle blows for the last time on the season and you kind of start to reset and get ready to go for another year. It's interesting. Yeah, I think Bubba said it well at our last and I might have said it in my, our last pod, but he said it well is there's just different parts of the season. But but it, there's never an off season. Yeah. You know, there's never an off season. So that that vernacular is actually probably not correct anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's a different part of the season. That's all it is. Oh, we might be playing games in this part of the season. Oh, we might be in the postseason. God, oh, we might be in roster construction at this point. Oh, <laughs> we might be in summer workouts. Got it. Yeah. And then we're back. Then we're back in the routine again. Always something. Uh, well, you mentioned Bubba, Bubba, Bradbury, yourself, contract extensions in the last two weeks since we potted last. I also enjoyed, I think our pod recording finished, you know, two weeks ago on a Tuesday morning. I want to say the news of your contract extension broke maybe a half hour after we finished recording. I was this close to doing one of those postscript. By the way, here's what broke in between recording and release. I didn't because I wanted to talk to you about it. But obviously, great job locking up two incredible coaches now for a couple of additional years. And to yourself, glad you're going to be sticking around for a little while, Bill. Exciting news around the athletics department. Hey, four more years of this pod. That's that, that. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> We've been reelected. Let's We've been. Re- that's right. That's right. Um, no exciting times. Uh, really enjoy working for and with uh, Dr. Armacost and uh, and all of the uh, VPs and executive council. They're just uh, amazing folks. Uh, I think uh, uh, the university's in great hands with those uh, individuals. Excited to continue on on some things that we've got to continue to get done. I, I feel really good where we are academically and certainly in the community. And I, I think I said this to Brad Schlossman and I'll say it here too. I, I think our, our results on the field has been uneven. I, I, that's what I will say. And I, I feel like there's, there's so much work to be done. Now there's, there's, we could have a whole pod on my, my thought process on that, but long story short, you know, we've got some, um, you know, some facility things we've got to really knock out, um, you know, love Hislop, um, you know, it, it has served uh, Grand Forks, uh, University of North Dakota, the state very well, but it's a bit in overtime. Um, you know, there's some things that we've got to do that can really help some of our programs moving forward. And those are some of the things, uh, you know, in, in a sense, we've got to get done here in the next uh, chapters. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, 
we've got some things happening. That's all I'll say. I mean, planes maybe haven't been landed at this point in time, but it's not as if they're not in the air. And so uh, uh, they're in the air. Hopefully, we'll be landing some other planes. But Brad and Bubba have, uh, you know, done a, you know, magnificent job. Uh, they're they're just, you know, incredible ambassadors for the uh, University of North Dakota, and uh, you know, they bleed green. And uh, it's uh, it's exciting that uh, you know we're going to be continuing to partner up, and uh, we'll have these early morning phone calls. <laughs> that will continue moving forward now for the next couple of years for those two distinguished coaches. So good stuff there. Uh, obviously, other UND athletics programs are still busy right now. Softball, tennis, golf getting going as well. Outdoor track and field is actually going to start here just around the corner now that the indoor season is done. There's a ton of stuff going on. Anything else on your mind, though, that you want to chat about here this morning? We're, it's kind of a short one this week with a lot of NCHC stuff going on. Today. Yeah, Alex has got some things to do. I do as well. And so we'll just flip on a quick B-side and we can knock out spring sports a little bit later as they get into more conference-centric play. Excellent. Good. I've got three quick B-side topics and we're going to do rapid fire here. Number one, we talked so much about baseball and, and the potential labor stoppage and everything that's going on with that on our last pod. It, surprisingly, maybe, they've come to an agreement. The owners and players, no more lockout. Your thoughts, Bill? Yeah, so I, I think we said it last time. It, you know, what gets hard is trying to figure out the nuance between the finances. And so, obviously, they worked that out. It really, what as a fan now, you start thinking through, oh, playoffs are a little bit different now. I think I like it. I think I like what they did. Universal DH. Interesting. I don't think we did much with like saying speeding the game up though. Did we, I, I, I don't know if that was a thing that kind of guy, you know, I think is extra innings. Are we still putting a person on second base? Do we know that? You know, I, I think that was proposed to be taken off, but I didn't see in the final proposal if that was actually ratified. I know that was discussed. I'm not hundred percent sure where they landed. Yeah. So I don't know. I I'm, I'm good with it all. I, I like the playoff piece. I think, uh, it, I think they got now want one extra team, two teams get buys and the other four play at a site of the high, better record for two out of three. And I think that's good. I, I, I think that's good because that really helps teams that are trying to get in number one, but then, you know, you're probably going to have your top pitcher in one of those three games. It may not be the first or second, but you got to got to have to win one of those. And then maybe you're pitching your ace in game three. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. It feels a lot more like the old NFL model before the new changes where yep. you get the, the, the two top teams get rewarded with those buys. And then you kind of get the other four able to slug it out. Yeah. I think those are the good things. I, the one off wild card thing was fun and exciting, but it also was I don't know. Didn't always feel necessarily fair if the four seed was 20 games up on the five seed, but then has to beat the five seed once just to get in. Some of those things didn't quite feel competitively the most even. So maybe some changes for the positive here. Who doesn't love a best of three? It's it's fun. Get things going that way. Yeah, and, and you know if you, and you're rewarded. It's that you don't have to travel, right? You just mm -hmm. you play at the uh, the higher seed and uh, or the better record, and uh, I think that's great. I, I think I think that was for the for the better. So yeah, and the universal DH will be interesting because you know there's going to be a market now for 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 guys that you know holy cow whatever like 15 new jobs opened up. 
Yeah, <laughs> right? It's crazy. It'll make for a better product. I think we kind of had gotten to the point where nobody really wanted to see the pitchers hit. I mean, they just it was kind of just an empty at bat in the National League. So as much as it pains you to lose tradition, um, you know, it's probably for the best, really, to kind of move forward in that sense. Yes. Um, point number two. Uh, quick soccer talk. Things have been happening here. Some big things in the Premier League, obviously. Everything going on with Chelsea Football Club and Roman Abramovich and his ties with Vladimir Putin and, and all the stuff that's going on there, which is crazy. Manchester City drew yesterday, so Liverpool are a little bit closer to maybe evening up the title race. And then Spurs, I just don't even know week in, week out what to expect. It just seems like they're either winning 5 nothing, they're they're drawing with teams in the relegation zone. I just I can't keep up, Bill. Yeah, and, and we had to uh, make sure that... Uh... Tom Brady saw the vintage Ronaldo, you know, mm. we, we, you know, uh, again, I, I think the Spurs were literally better than man U that day, but not on the scoreboard. So it really yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, there's what maybe 10 dozen, dozen matches left in the, in the year. And so, you know, they're just going to have to go on a little bit of a run. They, they've been very consistent in win one, lose one. That's been kind of their form. And so they're going to have to figure out how to win. If they have 12 left, they're going to have to go eight and four, nine and three. I mean, that, that's what's going to have to happen. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, Arsenal has some games in hand, but I think their two games in hand are to our, uh, Liverpool and Chelsea. And it's like, eh, uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, after the Chelsea line, eh, you could put all those teams and put them in a bag. And I'm not sure which one's going to be better that day. Yeah, feels that way. Yeah, Spurs right now, basically two games back, six points back of fourth place, still in the hunt, still yeah. in the hunt, even after that defeat to Man United. So we will see. You mentioned Tom Brady earlier, by the way, and this is the last one we're getting out on. Some crazy NFL stuff, of course, with free agency beginning, Tom Brady unretiring. The big one, though, for you, you got a quarterback, Bill. Mitch Trubisky going to the Steelers. I want to hear your opinion on the Mitchell Trubisky siding. Yeah, I don't know the. I haven't seen the uh, the contract. They actually have some money to spend this year. They've always been. Whenever you get uh, into, well, the Vikings are dealing with it with Kirk Cousins right now, right? The 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 Green Bay's dealt with it. I, I think to some degree, New England dealt with it at some point. You get a long long standing quarterback. You're always going to be tight on the cap. And this year, they're they're actually they can kind of maneuver. I think they had to do a bridge quarterback at a good deal so that they could f- try to fix some other pieces because they've got several holes, uh, certainly in their uh, offensive line. And I saw they signed a center yesterday, and uh, in 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 it sounds like an under the radar sort of uh, signing, which was good. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. Hey, he's he's started some games. I, is he as bad as people think? I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe the year in Buffalo will help him. And uh, you're, you're going to find out. Yeah. I, <laughs> hey, here's here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. This is uh, we had no chance to have QB run happen the last two years. Mm. QB run might be our best play this year. <laughs> it's possible. Mitch Mitch is okay with his legs. It sounded like it was a two-year deal, like $27 million. I couldn't find the exact terms here as I was trying to scroll through, but not a, not a huge investment in a guy who was the former number two overall pick. So we will see. The ceiling, Alex, is Tannehill. Can you get, can you get Ryan Tannehill, right? I mean, that, that's, that's what they're hoping for. And, 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 and the floor is he doesn't start. 
I mean, that, that's it. I mean, you, you, because Duck Hodges is the floor bill. Hey, man, Duck actually won some games. If we can win with the Ducks. Mason Rudolph is the floor, Bill. That's what you're looking at here. Mason struggles, um, I would say, in anticipating. Mm. He's a tough anticipator. (laughs) And again, I don't think think it's Dwayne Haskins either. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, now the question is, do you – you know, do you do you draft someone if that falls to you at twenty two? And and who knows? I it, it's such a crapshoot. Doesn't feel like people love this quarterback class. Not a lot of buzz on some of these guys. It just seems like everybody's. Then this happens. This happens a lot. This happened with with the Dwayne Haskins year when it was Dwayne Haskins and the Giants taking Daniel Jones. Like people reached big time on those guys, but they talked themselves into it because they were sort of the only two guys. <sighs> And they both went in the upper half of the first round. Feels like that's going to happen again this year. And teams are not going to be yeah. really satisfied with the results. You know what you end up doing, I think, is that you always do the comp mm-hmm. that is encouraging, hopeful. <laughs> you don't do the, the comp. You don't do the comp that is ooh, not so good. So anyways, it, it, Trubisky, you know what? They had to get somebody. I, I I was hoping for Gardner Minshew, quite frankly. I thought he's actually been pretty good. Yeah, that would have been a, a big upgrade. He's been he's certainly been a competent NFL starter. He's not an all pro. Nope. But he's he's fine. You can win if he's your quarterback. But Trubisky losing games. Trubisky was a free agent. Minshew you would actually had to trade for, so it was like it, that wasn't going to happen. So, but and again, the Patriots did their thing. The last thing I'll say is they did their thing. That I think that's that uh, corner or whomever, probably you got the best of them. And now his contract eventually will outperform him. Yeah. The $82 million contract that he signed with the chargers. Yeah. JC Jackson, he was great. He was great last year, but again, that's not, we just don't pay guys that much money unless you are a legit alpha, like Stefan Gilmore. They recognize this guy is the best cornerback in the league. We're going to pay him. Yep. As such, J.C. Jackson is is they think he's replaceable. So yep. that's the way that it goes with this team. So. Hey, Mitch Trubisky, I'm all in <laughs> the Trubisky era. Here we go. Bill Chaves Steelers for the Super Bowl with Mitch leading the way. On that note, <laughs> we're going to go. Hey, I'll see you in St. Paul. Excited for a really fun weekend of college hockey. Coming Should up be there. great. And I know you. Uh, so both. Uh, so it, well, thank you to Midco for all that you did this year for us. Mm. Uh, you know, so I, I need to say that. So thanks for sponsoring this. Thanks for all that Midco does for us. And then uh, and then you'll be you'll be down there doing a few games on the tube itself. So it'll be great. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be great. We'll do all three on CBS Sports Network, so be sure to tune in. But again, get down there in person. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. Exciting stuff on the way. Appreciate you, Alex. You as well, Bill. Bill Shaves leading the ship once again. Four more years, baby. (laughs) We're going to sign off for now for Bill, for our producer, Kyle Doporowski. I'm Alex Heiner. Thanks so much for listening, as always. We'll see you next time on our next edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast.